Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. So I think by now most of us have experienced the pleasure of quarantining, either because we have had COVID or because we have tested for COVID. Um, And I jokingly say pleasure because as an introvert, yes, I am a very talkative introvert, and mom of three, it was kind of nice to be quarantined for the first day or two. Um, I read a lot, I talked on the phone, I binge watch shows that my family won't watch with me. Um, But after a couple of days, I began to feel lonely, and I missed being hugged, even though I'm not really a touchy-feely kind of person. But that brief encounter that most of us have experienced is just a taste of what this man with the skin condition would have felt. And his willingness to break the rules by approaching Jesus shows us just how desperate he was. So if you have your Bibles or your phone apps, uh, please turn with me to Mark 1, 40 through 45. And this isn't the usual reading for today, but one we will look at together in light of commissioning our Stephen ministers. It always helps me when I am reading Mark to remember that according to church tradition, these are Peter's memories of his time with Jesus as told to John Mark. It is fast-paced and visceral. With the Holy Spirit's guidance, Peter is relaying his memory of how Jesus moved through the world. It is action-packed, and many times the verbs and adjectives have a tactile kind of sense about them. We are only one chapter in, and Jesus has already been baptized, tempted, and begun healing and preaching. He has just healed Peter's mother-in-law. It's like a movie that flips with a new scene quickly, and we are being brought along in the speedy gospel to witness another healing. And Mark, too, likes to focus on these healings to show that Jesus is really the son of the living God because he demonstrates power over death, disease, and disorder. So let's look at the first verse. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. And I want to highlight a few things in this one verse First, the word leper was used to describe basically any skin condition. Levitical law required anyone with a skin disease to leave the community until they were healed. Now, on first glimpse, this seems really harsh, but think about all the very contagious and sometimes deadly diseases that have a rash associated with it. Measles, chickenpox, there's a form of meningitis, uh, rubella, toxic shock syndrome, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, Stephen Johnson syndrome. So even though this law seems strict, it's actually designed to protect the community from further sickness. But also, I don't want you to think about the traditional idea of leprosy in imagining this man. There's some historical evidence that that what we know of today as leprosy didn't even exist in the Middle East until 600 AD. That's just the way the word has been translated because it looks similar to our word for leprosy. And what the skin disease really caused was uncleanliness that needed to be restored. He was ritually unclean and therefore sent to live in the wilderness apart from his family and friends, apart from community 
in a society that lived dependent on one another for food, shelter, and safety. So this man with a skin condition who has lived in isolation breaks the law by approaching Jesus. Look at the posture this man takes. He begs Jesus and kneels before him and have to stop and think, how do you and I approach Jesus? Is humility before the Lord something we need to work on? So he begs him and kneels before him and says, and these are all ways you can translate this Greek verb, if you will, if you are willing, if you desire, if you wish, you can make me clean. And I can so relate to this hesitancy, can't you? Jesus, do you really want to make me clean? Can I trust you? And actually this word for you can make is from the word dunamai, which is where we get our word dynamite from. So if I were translating this as, as a very small, like three semesters of Greek, um, I would say, you are able or you have the power to make me clean. This man knows that Jesus is able to heal him, that Jesus has the power to heal him. And remember that Mark also wants us to focus on Jesus' power over disease and death. So let's look at Jesus' response. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. Now the Greek verb here for moved with pity, you may see translated differently. You may see moved with compassion, or if you're reading the 2011 NIV, anyone? Um, <laughs> that Jesus was indignant or angry. Um, so if we think of Peter relaying Jesus' facial expressions and his body language and his tone of voice, we know that Peter saw that Jesus was greatly distressed by the situation, either moved by compassion and really feeling even to his guts for this man, or possibly hurt and angry that the man questioned his willingness, or anger at the disease and despair this man was going through in our broken world. Whatever the reason, Jesus is moved to action and he reaches out and touches the man. I will. I am willing. I desire it. I want to. Be clean or be cleansed. Now we know from other healings that Jesus did not have to touch this man to heal him. He could have spoken the word, be clean. But that's not how Jesus operates. Emmanuel, God with us, wants to be with us. He's not going to stay arm's length away from people. This is Jesus who gathered children into his arms, washed his disciples' feet, and willingly touches this man. Not only because he has compassion for him, but because touching him conveys more than the words. It tells the man that Jesus loves him and accepts him. He touches him because cleanliness is not all that Jesus is after, He's after this man's heart. He's after this man's wholeness. And he wants our hearts and our wholeness too. So immediately, this is a word we see a lot in this gospel, the man is made clean. And then Jesus does something kind of strange. He strongly, and this word is really hard to translate into English because it's like the snort of a horse. Remember, this is how Peter remembers Jesus physically 
uh, reacting to the situation. He basically scolds him and casts him away and tells him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Jesus has several reasons for directing the man this way. First, Jesus doesn't want him talking to everyone about what he did because it's not the right time. God has his own timing, and often it doesn't look like what we think it should. Secondly, by going to the priest and offering sacrifices, he fulfills the obligation of Torah law. Remember, Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to destroy it. Going to the priest would also show that Jesus was not there to undermine their authority or challenging the commands of Torah law. Um, Also, the man was not allowed to go back to his home uh, until the priest in Jerusalem certified him as clean. Going to the priest would continue the healing of being brought back into community. And finally, going to the priest in Jerusalem would require the priest there to acknowledge Jesus as the healer. It would have been a witness to the religious authorities of Jesus' power over sickness. But we find out in the last verse that the man did not obey Jesus. Instead, he began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Now, on the face of it, telling everyone about what Jesus had done for him doesn't seem wrong, does it? I mean, he's spreading the gospel, right? But the result of his disobedience made it so Jesus couldn't proceed in the mission like he wanted to. He could not go freely and preach and heal in towns. What happens, as some commentators have pointed out, is that Jesus takes the place of this man with the skin condition. Now it is Jesus who has to live in isolation in the wilderness. And isn't this just a taste, a little foreshadowing of the cross? Jesus not only takes away this man's disease and cleanses him, but he also takes the man's isolation on himself, just as he does on the cross. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. Not only did this man's disobedience restrict Jesus' movements, but now people were coming to him from all over, and they were coming for the wrong reason. Jesus didn't want people who just followed him because, they believed, because of whatever miracle he could give them. He wanted them to follow him because they believed in him, wanted to be with him, be close to him, and learn from him, not because he was some magic miracle man with a new trick to amaze them or who could make all their problems go away. And so I can't help but ask of myself, um, Why are you and I here today? Why do you and I count ourselves as followers of Jesus? Is it because we think he can give us something? Is it to check the box so we might get to go to heaven? Are we looking for what he can do for us rather than just wanting to spend time with him, to worship and honor him? I don't really like asking those kinds of questions of myself, but... Sometimes they're necessary. And with these difficult questions, let me circle back to the beginning of our passage. I love that you can place yourself in the story two different ways. We are the man in need of cleansing, but we are also asked to be like Jesus and to be his hands to those hurting around us. 
We, like the man with the skin condition, are in desperate need of Jesus or his care through the body, his church. But it can be so hard to admit we need help. And it can be even harder to ask for help. It's so difficult for us to let Jesus, never mind other people, really see the muck pit that we wallow in, whether it's sin or just the awfulness of our circumstances we find ourselves. That's part of the reason I admire this man for breaking through the barriers of law and space to approach Jesus and ask for help. But how many of us suffer in silence? We are so caught up in the ugliness and messiness of our situation, we are ashamed of it, really. We don't want anyone to see it, and we don't want anyone to hold our hand in the middle of it because it's just too embarrassing. We are embarrassed and disgusted by it. But this man wants wholeness more than shame. Don't choose shame over wholeness. Don't let the weight of your sin keep you from confessing it. And don't allow whatever horrible horrible circumstances you are in keep you from asking for help. Allow the Lord to minister to you in that messiness. Allow someone to meet you in your messiness, even through the hands of a human servant, like me or our other deacons, our priests, or our Stephen ministers. Will you take that step to ask for help? Will you allow Jesus to minister to you through others? And then on the other side, church, we have experienced this great restoration and wholeness that only Jesus Christ can bring. Are you willing to be the hands of Jesus to others who are hurting? Jesus came to be with us, to be the God who is present with us and longs to be with us. And we are called to be Jesus for others. By the empowering of the Holy Spirit, he gives us the grace and mercy and compassion to reach out to this hurting world around us. Because we have received that compassionate care of the Lord who reached out his hand to us, even though we were unclean like this man, we are enabled to extend that same hand to others. Every Sunday we are reminded of this call to love others through service. And the prayers of the people We pray for all those who are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity. We might be the answer to that prayer by being the hands of Jesus to someone. In the post-communion prayer, we ask the Father to send us out to do the work you have given us to do to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of our Lord. We are sent not just to witness to Jesus as Lord, but also to action and deed by loving and serving others, to help bring wholeness, to invite people back to community. And sometimes that looks like reaching out to someone who is deeply hurt and discouraged, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable. So church, who do you know who has slipped into the pit of despair? Who is discouraged? Who might need you, your presence, your care, your words of encouragement? Are you willing And that pretty much perfectly describes Stephen ministers. They are people who have a special call and I think an extra measure of mercy. They have a deep understanding of what it feels like to have Jesus come help them in a time of need. 
so they feel called to extend that same help and care to others. And today we are commissioning our Stephen ministers who have dedicated many hours of training so that they might willingly reach out to those of you who might be hurting. Stephen ministers receive distinctly Christian training to offer care through being present with those who are hurting by providing emotional and spiritual support and care to people who are going through a difficult time, such as divorce, grief, hospitalization, unemployment, terminal illness, relocation, chronic illness, or loneliness. And let me tell you, I am so encouraged from the time with Father Benjamin and training these faithful men and women. Like Jesus with the man with the skin condition, they are willing to reach out to those who are hurting and feeling alone and afraid. And let's be honest, even though sharing compassionate care with those in need is a call we all have, it is really hard to answer it. I am so proud of these members of our church community who have said yes to that call. Y'all would be in such good hands with these generous and kind servants. I have been blessed and encouraged by each of them and their faithfulness to the hard work of training and and their sincere desire to help others. Will you join me in praying for them? Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, who touched the lives of people in many ways, may you shower your love upon your servants and sustain them in the ministry that lies before them. Fill them with compassion and mercy. May the Holy Spirit call to mind the training they have received in moments of despair or distress and strengthen them to do the task you have called them to do and give them joy and peace in the process. In your holy name we pray. Amen.